0: Welcome to The Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. On today's show, we have Bianca ortiz Wordheim, a longtime grassroots organizer and political advisor from New Mexico. After many years of organizing at the local and state level, she has risen to the ranks of Chief of Staff in the United States Senate, working in the office of U.S. Senator Tom Udall. She is the only Latina holding this position in the U.S. Senate. I want to thank all our listeners for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Ready to start a business? The Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce is hosting a workshop dedicated to linking your Latinx small business to incubators. Incubators play a critical role in the success of companies across a range of industries. Join the chamber Thursday, August 9th from 5.30 to 8.00 p.m. to hear five influential leaders engage in a workshop and lightning round discussion at the Anacostia Arts Center located at 1231 Good Hope Road, Southeast, in Washington, D.C. Tickets are $25 and can be purchased at gwhcc.org. That's GWHCC.org. And here's your weekly news update. This July, the nation's oldest and largest Hispanic civil rights group, the League of United Latin American Citizens, selected new leadership to rebrand the organization. First, the organization named its very first woman CEO, Cindy Benavides a Honduran immigrant who came to the United States at the age of one and grew up to become a lifelong champion of social justice and civil rights. Cindy's grassroots experience began by leading community organizing, voter registration, civic engagement, and advocating for social justice and civil rights issues in Virginia, and then carrying that experience to neighborhoods throughout the nation when she served on the Democratic National Committee as Director of National Community Outreach a role she performed as the sole latina senior staff member at the dnc at the time benavides was the founder and president of lula council 4611 in richmond virginia she holds a ba from virginia state university where she graduated as a valedictorian way to go cindy with a focus on political science next the majority of the 1100 voting delegates at the convention held in phoenix elected domingo garcia a practicing civil rights attorney from Dallas, Texas, and a lifetime social justice advocate who pledged to make immigration reform, assistance for veterans and seniors, and tuition-free higher education his top priorities. Domingo is president of one of the oldest LULAC councils in Dallas, Texas, where he has helped launch the careers of many Hispanic politicians. Domingo is also a former Texas lawmaker who served as the youngest mayor pro tem ever elected in one of America's largest cities, and he's the author of the state's DACA laws, the first in the nation, and the template for the DACA protections enacted through the executive order by President Barack Obama. At the convention held in Phoenix, I'm happy to report that the LGBTQ community was welcomed and listened to. I was part of the delegation that met with the new CEO who will provide a direct line to our issues because in her words, LULAC is about civil rights for all Latinos, no matter what sexual orientation or gender identity. All for one, one for all. And the LULAC membership backed that up. On voting day, they passed LULAC's latest pro-LGBTQ resolution calling for the condemnation of conversion therapy, a practice which is nothing more than legalized abuse and torture of young LGBTQ children who are being forced to undergo psychological or spiritual interventions in hope of changing their sexual orientation. LULAC joins many medical societies and other advocacy organizations in saying no to conversion therapy. Every day in Washington, D.C., so many issues affecting the lives of minorities are being debated and decided upon by a very select few. Laws that affect your families are being left to a Congress that is 80% white and 80% male. Sadly, the staff members who help those elected officials make those important decisions follow the same racial and gender makeup. Only 7.1% of those staff members are people of color according to the latest report from the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies, which was released last fall. Just 7.1%, even though we make up 36% of the population in the United States. One of those lucky seven percenters is the only Latina Chief of Staff in the United States Senate, Bianca Ortiz Wertheim of New Mexico. She graduated from the University of Oklahoma and earned an MBA from the University of New Mexico Bianca worked on campaigns, organized communities, and worked in government relations with the American Cancer Society. Bianca served in the cabinets of Governor Bill Richardson and former mayor of Albuquerque, Martin Chavez. Now she is trailblazing in Washington, D.C., and she shares her journey with our podcast. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to one of the most powerful Latinas. In Washington DC welcome to the show Bianca
1: oh thank you so much Jesse I'm happy to be here and thank you for coming in
0: and one of the things I appreciate about you is that you're from my part of the world southwest part of the United States because everybody here in DC is either from the East Coast or West Coast but you and I come from a special part of the country that's older the regions older than Plymouth Rock you know our families have been there the border crossed us And it's amazing to have someone from a flyover state hold such an important position. You're the second Latina to have a chief of staff position, correct?
1: That's correct. And I am a um, born and bred New Mexican. Um, I am a very proud New Mexican. And uh, what we like to say about New Mexico is that it's just pure magic. And we, I think, bring that with us to the office here in DC and that's what kind of keeps us grounded.
0: Yes. Beautiful place. I've been there twice. Why is politics interesting to you? How did you get into this field?
1: Um, politics has been interesting for me for years because it's, it's a family affair, right? Um, not in the elected sense, but you know, when you grow up in a small town like I did in Nambe, um, you have to work together. You have to have you have a system. You have mayordomos who take care of the acequias, mayordomos who are are taking care of the you know churches. So it's I got I got started in politics by cleaning the pews. Oh wow! <laughs> you know I mean yeah. you just have to know that there's there's a, a a need for someone and or you know to take leadership. There's a need to. Um, say something if you see something when there's a need to help a family when there's a need to you know have a better road for um for you know for a ranch or or whatnot so you know politics is important and then as you get into elected politics you see that you can make a difference you see that there's a a real charge i get a real charge out of um, bringing people together and and having a team and working as a team and it's not a one-person show and um, I just you know, I just love it. I love the idea of, of Goodness and making sure government works um, For good and because I believe in it
0: and for the people. hmm Tell us about your journey How was your first I guess volunteer job or that got you to chief of staff? How did it begin?
1: Oh my gosh, I've been in this world for over 20 years so okay. Um, I'll try and speak through it a little. Uh, one of my first positions was actually um, as a field organizer for Senator Jeff Bingaman, who is mm-hmm. a, a senator from New Mexico, on one of his reelection campaigns. And then from there, um, I kept working in the area of organizing, um, community organizing, and government. Um, I worked for the American Cancer Society. I was their state Thank director. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was one of, my, one of my favorite positions because talk about working for change. We worked for clean indoor air ordinances. We worked uh, making sure tobacco taxes are go- going to, to, the right. to the right places. Uh, we were looking at access to, to screenings and treatment for women and mm. men and families. And so that kind of stuff really the only way we could actually affect change is you is is working with the communities and making sure the voices of the people were represented. And so when you are talking about going in front of a city council, when you're talking about going in front of a state legislature or a governor, you are not the voice. It's the people from that district. It's the families who have been affected. It's mm-hmm. the folks who are survivors who can tell about their experiences, and so when you're when when you're in a position like that, it was so exciting and so wonderful and fulfilling. And then I went and became the um, uh, cabinet affairs director for Governor Richardson.
0: Yes.
1: And that was uh, wonderful and a great ex- great exposure for me. he's such a
0: worldly person when i think about international politics i mean he's done great domestically in new mexico but when i think about world politics his name pops out
1: and it should because he is a leader and he is somebody who taught me um early on in my career that you can think big you can think out of the box and also that you can do well he gave me a lot of responsibility and i will always appreciate that uh, from there, I also then went and became chief of staff to Mayor Martin Chavez, who is the mayor of the city of Albuquerque. It was a strong form of government, a strong form of mayor. And so we was, it was like being in an executive mm-hmm. uh, position uh, because of uh, uh, the way the, the setup was organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a great experience. I love local government. Local government is where rubber hits the road. Yeah. And I always talk about like local government being like the pebble that you throw into the pond and, and all the ripples uh, become like you know county government, state government, federal government. But that pebble is that local government making that impact and that immediate and direct impact. So was, local government is something that I really have a strong affinity for and truly believe that there's um, that, you know having good people the right people and uh, again you know you will hear from constituents right away yeah <laughs> if, there's an, if there's an issue and then fast forward here uh, I started out as state director for Senator Udall in New Mexico uh-huh. and I served in that capacity until about three years ago when he asked me to come to DC
0: and how did it feel being asked to be a chief of staff
1: It was it was shocking,
0: Um,
1: and and only because you know, I mean, I know New Mexico, I live and breathe New Mexico, New Mexico issues, New Mexico politics, the 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 land, the air, the you know what, the sky at night. I mean, like that's in my blood, Mm. and so when he says, you know, come to D.C., you can do it, and you know, I think that that's where a lot of times there's the conversation about women in leadership positions where it's you know the first thing that comes to your mind is i can't do it these are my the weaknesses self-doubt. yeah the self-doubt these are my weaknesses and they start ticking off right and and you know when i told him, i said you know i you know i don't know the dc i've never lived in on the east coast i've never lived in dc and he says bianca you can do it you you, you have the experience you have the knowledge and um, you, you know, I want you to. I would like for you to consider it.
0: What has been your greatest accomplishment here in this past three years, your tenure, your tenure here?
1: Um, that's a a really interesting question. And when I am, um, you know, thinking about that, I wanted to say that the accomplishment there is knowing right after President Trump was elected in 2016. Senator Udall and I knew we had to acknowledge the pain and the emotion that was out there, and it was in our with our staff, with our constituents, with the nation. But we knew that the what we had to do is we had to make sure people knew we were here. We are here to move forward. We are here to continue to do the good job, and that we had to move forward, and we had to. Keep our heads on straight, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and and I think that that's an accomplishment. Is when you you can kind of realize and appreciate the moment and and acknowledge what's going on, but also making sure you you move beyond that and you push forward because there is a need for, for leadership. People, right?
0: Leadership under um, troubled times,
1: right? There is a need for leadership, and so I think that was that was an accomplishment that we can. You know we can
0: lean on do you knowing what we have to deal with do you see um, immigration reform coming anytime soon that's one of the topics that was part of the 2016 election it's become a major topic under this administration do you foresee any movement in the next 10 years now that we got what we got in 2016
1: Yes, in short. Um, I think there is a lot of interest. Um, And I think as we look at 10 years from now, there's going to be more elections as well, which will, in turn, put this in the forefront. Senator Udall has been a leader on this issue to, to, to demand comprehensive immigration reform. We're a border state. We know the issues better than anyone. And so having, uh, you know, putting this on the back burner is only going to hurt the country and the communities who really thrive with with strong immigration. And, um, you know, yeah, we understand.
0: But coming from a border town, both sides of the border operate as one culture. It's a region. It's it's a region that shares a lot of resources. And it's just the fact that they want to put a wall. What is what do New Mexicans think about the actual idea of a physical border wall
1: we understand that a wall is not necessary as you mentioned it's a region this is we have we share ecosystems we share family we share uh, uh, pathways and trade and 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 a wall is not necessary we understand a need for a secure border and and but you know it's not something that we here, that a demand for. And in fact, most recently in Las Cruces, New Mexico, we had a town hall with about 600 people who came to say, no, we don't want a wall. And this was after, on the heels of the visit that Senator Udall and I did when we toured the Ten at Tornillo. And we were, asking, we were asking and demanding answers as what was going on there. And we came to Las Cruces to report back. And the senator talked to all of these great constituents who were saying, no, we don't want a wall. And so if you're going to ask the people who live in these towns, who thrive in these towns, what they want, you're going to hear it loud and clear. This is, they, they want trade. They want access to opportunity. They want good jobs. They want health care. They want safe environment and so none of that comports to like what these this rhetoric out there that is just divisive and what they want to do is they want to pit uh, communities against communities and we are saying no to that
0: another issue we're going to jump an issue Mm -hmm. that was recently in the headlines and continues to be in both uh, public and private sector is uh, sexual harassment Mm -hmm. being a powerful Latina chief of staff uh, what has your office done to protect female staffers Um, recently Congress changed the rules about reporting and um, uh, adhering to laws new laws new changes of rules regarding sexual harassment what has your staff done to help better the culture improve the culture
1: well, when I was state director and when I became chief um, about three years ago, we instituted the training um, before any of the the mandatory. But we support that. Senator Udall has always supported strong training and making sure that there is a culture that in an office culture that has a zero tolerance policy when it comes to harassment in the workplace. And so we've, we've been very strong on that and um, I think that there is um, a need also for you know, uh, women in leadership. Uh, the more exposed uh, offices and, and uh, um, uh, organizations are to that type of a uh, leadership role and, and that lens, I think that you are gonna have some change in the future. But yeah, we have done, I think we've been a very progressive office when it comes to that, and uh, we've supported those changes.
0: What do you say to the young female staffer that's out there? that wants your job (laughs) what advice to that young female or male latino Mm -hmm. out, you know from the southwest that wants to aim high to become a chief of staff one day or senator what recommendations do you have for that person advice
1: i think ask a lot of questions my i have an open door policy so anybody who's interested should come talk to me they want i want folks to understand what the job is Um, I want folks to to know that um, it's I took a non-traditional path to this position and so it's it's something that I think that you know folks like Senator Udall who has a um, you know just a a leadership in that space he saw uh, you know that I could do the job and um, you know I didn't know what the job was frankly Uh, but I also think that folks need to uh, relish in 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 networking, knowing how to do networking properly, uh, learning about the institution and the history, um, and so I think that there's th- there's not a guidebook, there's there's not a you know a chart. I think that there's uh, you know if you love what you're doing and you love this environment and want to do good, um, I think that that is a really strong foundation for for this job.
0: One last question, Bianca. Hi. Uh when you visit New Mexico, where do I go eat? What are the best restaurants? And what do you miss the most about New Mexico?
1: You're going to get me in trouble here. <laughs>
0: you have to pick one. Okay. So
1: If I land at a certain time, I always hit a lot of burger for a green chili cheeseburger okay. or a for chicharrones and an enchilada. Um, Duran's also in Albuquerque has exceptional red chili and green chili and their tortillas are the size of a steering wheel and I love them. <laughs> and, um, but then of course, you know, you get, as you go north, you know, of course, my, my family's cooking is always yes, the best. Yes, of course. Um, what I miss about New Mexico the most, I think is the, um, the vistas, like you can see mm-hmm. dimensions, you can see forever and miles. Both, you know, um, in the mornings you have that, you know, you see different colors of land and, uh, you know, from red, red to brown and, uh, and the, the colors of the, the hills in, the nor- in northern New Mexico. You know, those, those are the things that I miss. I miss the, um, of course, the ro- the smelling of the roasting chili mm. just as you walk down the street in the fall time. And uh, so those are things that I miss. But here in New Mexico, being part of a New Mexico office, I think is a really nice refuge for many of us. (laughs) And so we have, uh, you know, one of the things that we will be, uh, you know, we'll be doing soon is our famous Udall breakfast burrito bar that keeps us, I think, grounded in the ways (laughs) of uh, New Mexico. Well,
0: thank you so much, Bianca, for not only your public service, but for also spending with the Jesse Garcia Show and tell us about your leadership.
1: Jesse, thank you so much and thanks for the work that you do. I have really appreciated listening to some of your podcasts and I will continue to do so.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm.